Yes, happy Play Friday, up. everyone. Um, do, I, does anyone know who that band was? No one? Like, that's, I love all these people listing. Cowboy Mouth! Yes. Very good, John. Wow. Look at, I'm super jealous of some of these concerts, by the way. Notably, because that's my favorite concert. Really? Uh, yes. I think my wife and I have seen them like seven times together. So, uh, wow. Yeah, they put on a great, great show. So happy Friday, everyone. It is uh, Friday, January 20th episode. I haven't seen Bryce chime in yet, but episode 139 of the Now of Work digital meetup and really, really excited to uh, to be with y'all. Um, Jess, how's your week? Really, really good. Really gray, unfortunately, in Minneapolis. <clears throat> Why is someone having a Biscoff cookie in your honor? Um, are you, are you a big Biscoff cookie fan? (laughs) Um, I started a meeting last week by asking Biscoff cookie or Oreo. Everybody can tell me Biscoff cookie or Oreo. Everyone knows what a Biscoff cookie is. Maybe it's the Delta cookie and it's amazing. (laughs) What's that? Episode one. What was episode one? What? What's TPOC? Topic. Oh, <laughs> episode one was what the hell just happened? It was two days after the World Health Organization declared global health pandemic. Steve. Oh, I don't think we had a guest. Episode one. Look at Oreo. Everybody says Oreo. Do we have any? And I oh, I know Alicia's eating one because she's on a flight. Do we have no other Biscoff cookie eaters who eat it when they're not flying? <laughs> Or you know, it's not a trick question. Oh my gosh, I'm alone. On I should have done a poll. Like we should have actually gotten into it with 2,700 people. We should have done a poll. But hey, you know, I learned a hack with Biscoff cookies. Do you know this hack? Have I ever told you the hack? No. So, if you take a Biscoff cookie and actually squeeze lime onto it, it tastes like key lime pie. What? Aziza, thank you. Yes to the cookie butter. Heather, thank you. Okay, I'm going to go home and try that tonight. Yeah, back in the day when there were real limes on planes, like I, yes. I learned that. I learned that uh, that lesson. And how do you know they don't have limes on planes? You don't try to order a vodka soda with hey, 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 hey. <laughs> No, soda water with a lime is what Oh, I mean. yes, yes. Soda, soda water, water with a lime. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, I found my business. Oh, look, I got some people excited <laughs> about that. Yeah, it's that was a Delta Airlines hack, or am I the, yeah, Delta Airlines hack. Yeah, <laughs> squeeze a lime on a Biscoff cookie and it tastes just like a key lime pie. Wow, we may, we may have try it, we may have to try it live next week. Yeah. Um, so Jess, we always start, oh, but first of all, welcome anyone new here, let us know. Um, clearly by the numbers, there are, but um. If anyone's new here, let us know. Uh, like I said, we do this every week, every Friday, 139 Fridays here going. Um, started it right after the uh, COVID pandemic as a way to build community and uh, have had a real uh, amazing time building it up until this point. I have some amazing, amazing guests on today, which we're really excited about as well. But Jess and I always start with a quick segment like, hey, how was the week? One thing that changed your life this week. So Jess, you're up. Did my life have to change? Well, it doesn't have to like massively change. 
Um, okay, so last week I talked about how old I'm getting because I went to a high school open house for my oldest. Uh, this week was middle school open house for my youngest, which means as as of next year, I'm like counting down the days before I don't have a grade schooler anymore. And here was my saving grace last night. We came home, we had open house, then we went to softball clinic. The girls play softball even in the winter. They go to clinics and practice. Tell them what they were doing. They were throwing softballs with blindfolds on. Yeah, so two, all three of my girls play uh, fast pitch softball, and they're all great. And what a what an awesome sport! I love team sport for lots of reasons. That one in particular, teammates. Like I just love it, and I'm glad they all love it. And the fact that Happy Friday, Jesse. Jesse's here. All right, at least is here again. Uh, but it's so fun having all three kids of mine super interested in and passionate about the same sport. I mean, that, that's kind of crazy. Two of them are pitchers. Uh, and they were practicing pitching last night. I was behind them, sitting on a bench behind them. And I came in late from open house and stuff. And I didn't realize until they turned around, they came running over, mom, mom, mom. And I had taken a video and I said, look at you both spun around. You know, you have to like, it's the, it's the wheel, you know, the arm flies around in a wheel and it's that whole fast pitch move. And they both did it synchronously at the same time. And they were both pretty spot on, pretty accurate, which is saying something for a 12 year old and a 10 year old. Uh, and they said, this, this was our blindfold practice. We closed our eyes for every pitch. I didn't even know they did that. So here I am sitting behind them. I didn't know that their eyes were closed with every pitch they threw and they were hitting the glove more often than not. It was pretty cool. Anyway, so I, you know, I'm sort of in this like in, in between moment where I've got preteens uh, and they're not, I have, I have fewer and fewer childlike moments with them, which is a little bit bittersweet. But then Bailey, my youngest, came home and put on her panda onesie pajamas, and I realized I still have a few more days left. <laughs> That's cool. I love when all the community starts chatting with each other, and they don't even really listen to what we're I talking know, about. I know, I know. That's why I talk about panda. Howard and Mark are talking about weekend plans. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> you just listen to us if you want to. I love it. Um, I was in New York City this week, and I had an amazing evening at a bar. How's that for a yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> great line. Yeah. Anyway, I was sitting at a bar watching a football game, and I had the opportunity to sit next to someone who just found out they got laid off. Mm. Like literally in the moment. Well, like or literally early. like earlier in the day. And um, it was really impactful. Like it really hit yeah. me hard. Um, and it, we had a great discussion about how it happened, why it happened, what it meant in the bigger scheme of life and how every door that closes is another door that opens. Um, and I just, um, oddly, the guy was like, oh my God, I love you. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, ever since I've been laid off earlier in the day, no one's been able to clarify why I was laid off like you've been able to do mm. in a half hour. Um, and like, I felt like I did something. I felt like I did something good for the world, uh, during that 30 minutes. Um, amazing. So, so as hard as it is to see, you know, and we're going to talk about layoffs in a second, but as, as, as hard as that was to have that conversation, um, uh, I, it, it felt good and I hope it made, and that gentleman texted me and said, 
thanks again. I talked to my kids because he was asking ask, ask, asking my advice as to how to talk to his kids mm. about the fact that he got laid off. So we, you know, I don't want to go into all of that, but we had yeah. a really fascinating discussion about it. And uh, just that give and take with humans um, is really, really rewarding. Uh, I haven't been laid off exactly. I, I had one position eliminated and a different one offered to me. Uh, so I'll equate that, which I turned down, by the way. I took it as my opportunity to make an exit I had needed to make anyway and, and move on to something else. When you when you feel a sense of power and control in a, in a situation like that, it feels a, a whole lot different. I get that. And this isn't this wasn't a layoff situation exactly because I had options. So here's what I do know, though, about layoffs. It feels really freaking personal. Uh and it's scary if you don't have options or don't understand that you have options. And so there has to be like a confidence rebuilding that comes around options yeah. and having a sense of control and power. And and if you worry, you know, if you've got time to think about that, that's uh, a privilege as well. And some people don't have the benefit of time to wait around and build their options. And so it's incredibly scary. And there's been a lot of it going on. I know some of you have been personally impacted. I bet everybody in here knows somebody who's been personally impacted in the last couple of years. Um, so it's a good topic. Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things I'll just, uh, I once we got way off topic here, but I mean, just really quickly, the last thing that I said that I think was really important is, and. I really love, thank you, uh, Megan, for what you said. Learn that lesson early to always be ready for change. Um, I think that concept of having a mindset that's open for change is really, really important. Yeah. Um, but also what Holly said, which was happy new year equals happy new you. Yeah. Um, and, and and I really think that there's some power in that. And if some of you listen to Josh Burson, uh, Josh just did a piece earlier today on, you know, hey, a lot of these people are getting laid off from the tech companies they have a real big opportunity to go back into business that isn't tech and help with transformation and everything that they learned in working in those kind of mindset environments. So uh, there's a lot of positives that you can find in, in watching how this plays out together. That's what this community is for, is mm -hmm. to continue to build that support. So once again, uh, really appreciate the comments. We always say you guys to put your uh, uh, LinkedIn here, uh, add it into the chat, people will connect. Uh, Jess, the next thing we always do every week, we're running a little, well, that was a little bit of a hard. That's start. a good story. That's a really important yeah. thing to acknowledge. Sorry, I just wanted to share it because it actually felt good. You know, mm -hmm. everything we do tries to feel good, but that actually felt really good. Um, the other thing that's really important that we do here every week is we ask how you are. The most important question you can ask a human. And actually, you know, someone texted me. I'm not going to say who it is unless they actually give me permission in the chat. I'm not sure if they're here even. But they texted me a picture of a big post-it note they put on their screen that just said, how are you? <gasps> oh, that just gave me like shivers. Oh! As a reminder, I wonder if I, maybe I'll pull it up if I can find it. Um, and I was like, holy cow, like someone's actually doing it. So they actually texted me this picture of a, a post-it note that they posted. So they remembered to ask other people how they were. Uh, but we always start this with green, yellow, red, green, yellow, red, green. I feel great today. Yellow, so, so red, not so good. Really, really powerful, powerful question. Uh, and we do that on here for a couple reasons. I always, I repeat them. So sorry for those of you that have to keep listening over and over again, a to get it off your plate 
as to how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then B, um, really thinking about where is it, you know, that you can use support and realize that we have a community. So we've got some greens, um, you know, get to babysit granddaughter tonight. A great Green, way to be nice. uh, JC green. Sorry, Steve, about your uncle. Um, yellow. Um, Leah joiner, by the way, thank you for putting in there that you're starting your own consulting gig. Um, awesome that you added that into the chat. Sorry, I missed that. Um, uh, Sarah's red. Sarah, I'm sorry. Uh, Sarah, if there's anything we can do, I, 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 I always do this and people think it's goofy. Here's my cell phone number. Uh, put it in the chat, text me. If you want to chat, Sarah, please do, or connect with someone on LinkedIn. Our goal is always to move someone up at least one color, you know, during our little time together here, an hour a week. Uh, so hopefully just the opportunity to talk to someone or listen to us talk or to listen to some of our guests that are on. Um, hopefully that brings some value to you. And uh, sorry to hear that you're agreeing. Yellow, Holly, we'll get you there. Yeah. Holly, tell us your favorite song. Get, maybe we'll play it and get you there or yes. something like that. Um, by the way, not everyone, everyone that's on here, say green, yellow, red. Like take a second and say it because not mm-hmm. everyone does. It. And it's really, really powerful, I think, you guys, to, to, to make sure you're interacting with things like this. I'm going to show you a really goofy picture while you guys are just doing your last minute interaction. Um, so this, I'm not going to be able to do this probably. It's going to fail. Oh, here. Can you guys see that? Oh. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I mean, it, it, no one wants to see my chin. But uh, <laughs> there's the there's the post-it note that they sent me that they put underneath their, uh, you know, underneath the uh, on their monitor to remind them every week to be thinking about that. So that was really powerful to see that someone was doing that. Um, thanks, Melanie, Allison uh carly for chiming in um and let's uh you know let's work together to as as a community to move everyone everyone up that okay um so today we're going to talk today we're going to talk about some content that's really really important uh not that we always don't talk about content that's important but today's content is really really important because it ties back into topics that we're all all working on. And one of the things, and I'll ask the uh, our directors to, uh, to change our call to action there. We're gonna be talking about, uh, Sharon, if you're in Edina, I'm happy to come over and help. <laughs> you know that, I'm, not, I'm just right down the street. Um, but uh, we always talk about, um, you know, and we have been over the last few weeks talking about this concept of our fuel event. Our fuel event is the last two week, or the last two, excuse me, last two days of January, January 31st and February 1st. If you haven't registered, please, please, please click on that green button while we're talking here and register. It doesn't cost anything. No one's going to spam you with anything, but there's 12 sessions of content that are so, so valuable to everything that we're doing in this now of work community. And what we wanted to do, what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring on three others who are going to be presenting that content at the event. 
fuel that they need to be successful in 2023. And like I said, that is what we wanted to talk about today and have our guests talk about those topics. You know, Jess, while I bring them on, maybe you can talk a little more about, you know, why we do this, why we're doing yeah. it complimentary, why, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, while I bring these people on. Absolutely. When we started Fuel three years ago, uh, and thanks for sharing why, like our intent behind this event, I literally told Leah on our team, follow ACDC on Instagram and do that branding. <laughs> because we really wanted the event to feel electric and energizing. Hi, Alex. Um, Hi. Jess, when we started to do that, my husband started to refer to our advertising or our, our marketing as uh, Miami Vice Marketing. <laughs> Lots of neon geometry. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Look at this team. I love it. Hi, Aziza. Hi, Kyle. So we, Hello. We, we are lucky enough to be joined in the community by three of our colleagues, Jess and I's colleagues, fellow leapers. And oh, look, Mark knows Kyle. See, everyone, everyone should know Kyle, but uh, everyone should know all, the, all three of these really special people within LeapGen. And we don't usually bring on our own people to talk, but, you know, as a way to talk about fuel, what I wanted to do was what we wanted to do was once again, remind you back to what Jess was saying about why we did this to educate, to bring people together. And that's what that fuel event is all about. And you'll see people's LinkedIn connection uh, or links there in the call to action as well. So please take time to connect with these folks. Um, but I thought we'd start with Kyle. Oh, he just disappeared. Did you see that, Jess? <laughs> he knew you were coming for him. Yeah, he knew I was going to go to him first. So he uh, disappeared. Uh, maybe we won't start with Kyle since he's, he's gone. Here. Oh, I just don't see him. Don't see I don't him? see him. I can see him. Oh, okay. I see well, cool. I don't see him. <laughs> But uh, I just—I don't need to see him. I already know what he looks. I already yeah. knows what he looks like. Um, but let's start with um, let's start with Kyle. And Kyle, I would love, 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 love to hear a little about the session that you and another amazing colleague of ours, Jim Hollandcheck, um, are going to be doing as part of Fuel. Um, Okay, everyone, I see. Okay, Jason, I don't there see, I but now I don't see Kyle. Oh, there he is. I just I want to be really him. honest. I don't see Kyle anymore, so now I now I hear what's happening. Oh, Kyle yeah, is an illusion, glass. much like his third panelist. Yeah, I'm really for a tie-in. Exactly. So, Kyle, I'd love to hear a little what you're going to be talking about at Fuel, and um, and 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 let's let's you know if there's some questions about what Kyle's going to talk about here, please. Put them into the chat and uh, I will figure out why I can't see Kyle. <laughs> it's all planned that way. No, um, so yeah, I'm really excited for our session. So Jim Hollandcheck and I um, are have a session coming up called HR Trend, HR Tech Trends in 2023, Making Sense of It All. And really we're just gonna be looking at a lot of the things that we've um, seen the just in the industry the past year, whether it's with technology or whatever it may be, just um, thinking through some of those some of those topics and really just going back and forth on a lot of them. So talking about things like some of the cutting edge tech that we've seen this year, um, employee experience, skills, tech hype, um, hybrid workplace, but it's not just going to be Gemini. Um, some of you have heard about chat GPT. And so what, what um, was what chat, was GP, chat GPT, GP, what GPT. I'm pretending to be my mom right now. Yes. <laughs> I had the same conversation with someone earlier today. Um, yeah, it's this really cool tool where, honestly, last night I was spending some time on it, 
you can put in any topic you want. It'll just start. It even wrote a book last night. So I was I was putting in topics around um, sneakers and HR tech, and it wrote a book for me. So we are going to bring this uh, this chat bot into the, the session with us and just going to get its take on all these topics just to kind of show that it, you know, the technology that's out there, but then also be able to take that and see where the human element needs to be and seeing where where we still it fits. It's not replacing everything. It's not, you know, getting rid of um, you know, our world in HR tech. It's just it's adding to, but then we still need to put the human element in. So that's going to be our third um, our third panelist. But just going to be talking about a lot of different topics, just Jim and I going back and forth. And yeah, just kind of seeing where the conversation goes and having a lot of fun. But just wanting to cover a lot of different topics in the session. So Kyle, let me reiterate. Mystery Kyle, Ghost Kyle, your third panelist in your session is a bot, correct? Yes. yes. I want to fast forward. I want this recording to be stored in the archives. And I want all of us to watch this in 20 years. <laughs> when we think how cute it was that we thought bots were so funny and we invited them to an event. Like you guys, this is, we're gonna have that moment and it won't take 20 years either. It'll be in two years. We think this conversation, mark my words, is really cute and funny that we were talking this way and thinking this way because it's like, it's gonna be so pervasive. It's gonna be prevalent and it's not going to be in human. It's going to be digital for sure. I love that we're sort of pushing the envelope on this session to make that point that digital experiences <laughs> when the machines are our overlords. Yes, Ryan. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait for that session. Truly. Yeah. Kyle, I just did an interview this morning, um, which I can't really, I shouldn't talk too much about because it kind of embargoed, but I did an interview this morning, which was talking about the pros, the cons and the opportunities for HR and leveraging tools like chat GPT. Um, and I think it's gonna be really, really fascinating to see where that goes. Um, you know, I'd love it actually really quick. I, I, not, I mean, I, once again, sorry, Jeff. Like, type in pros and cons. What's the? What are some pros for using ChatGPT? You know, for those of you that have used it, just type in pros. Like, what are the pros? Uh, efficiency, awesome. I love that we should build like a word pod. Time saving. Persistence is futile. <laughs> Expands thinking. I love that. I love that. Or I love that you said expand. I, yes. We could arm wrestle and I might say, or does it limit? But it can do both probably. Quick yep. and dirty way to stimulate ideas. Um, I love it. Writer's block. In the right direction. Real-time yep. capturing of thoughts, productivity, easy to use. That's a great one, service. Yep. Carly. One of the reasons that this, that this is getting so much traction is because of the easy to use. Mm -hmm. Cons, Alex, not always factual. Uh, just daily compound questions are answered quickly. What are some cons? I assume that was what you put in there, Alex, as a con. Yeah, Alex, but you didn't give a pro. Are there any with your mind, Alex? <laughs> I, I've just been reading some of the articles um, about universities starting to ban chat GPT. Um, and the questions about universities then obviously blend into high schools and, and into other areas. And so the it's interesting, one of the basic ways to view if a paper was written by ChatGPT or not is it might not always be factual and it might have a very convincing argument, but since they, I mean, it's, it's sources from the internet. So um, 
small tangent, but I don't know if anyone was at, Le at Unleash in like, I think like 2018, Mo Gaudat spoke. Um, and Mo Gaudat is a gentleman who believes, he runs a project called, now called One Billion People Happy. Um, and the logic behind that is, A, he wants the world to be happy, but B, he was the um, chief business officer for Google X. And he, or that wasn't his title, I don't remember what he was, but he ran Google X, which was their moonshot arm. And he said, by 2050, computers will be smarter than, you know, human brains put together, essentially. And those computers learn from the data that we put out into the world. And if people are unhappy, then that data is, you know, what computers learn is unhappy. If people are happy, then essentially those computers can do work for good. And so when we look at chat GPT, it's sometimes using some of the things on the internet that we know to be polarizing or to be potentially less factual than we'd like. And so that's part of the concerns with it is that it's learning from what's on the internet. And if what's on the internet is a lot of what we see today on social media and other spaces, we've got some concerns. Yeah. And if we, you guys, if we could put that fuel link, the registration back up there, you know, once again, I'd ask you guys as a community to share this with others as well um, so that you get your whole organization registered as well as, you know, colleagues of yours in the space. Um, once again, not just for this session, there's 12 sessions, you only have to register once, but, you know, Kyle and Jim Hollandcheck and ChatGPT having this conversation not to be missed. And it's not just about ChatGPT, GPT, no. by the way, yeah. it's about payroll. <laughs> innovation know? and payroll, not just payroll. Not just innovation, but what <laughs> payroll systems should you pick? How do yeah. you become better uh, yeah. in thinking about your portfolio and looking at this whole HR tech ecosystem world? How does it all fit together? So 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 excited about that uh content we could talk about chat gpt which we need to talk more just so you know a little bit of a teaser i called it assisted intelligence intelligence that assists you us as humans not automates us as humans okay it's not so artificial. It, yeah exactly so yeah. keep that in mind you know as we go through when we think about what we're doing um kyle thank you so much for that quick preview um yeah really really excited for your session Jason, right. you did what i always do i can't believe this you went right for the topic kyle what other topic can you answer a lot of questions about other than hr tech um not work, <laughs> not work uh sneakers fantasy sneakers that's what i was looking for okay <laughs> thanks jason i'm just messing with you yeah as always, Kyle, what's your favorite food? Look, he tur he's turned red. I've never seen him turn red. Now he's gone again. Uh, wherever he is in North Carolina or South Carolina, the Carolinas, Jess, he's got bandwidth issues. Aziza, what other topic besides HR can you answer a lot of questions about? I think I know the answer to this one too. Change enablement. No, besides no working. Oh, besides that, uh. Oh, bodybuilding? Yes! <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever interested in that. Look oh, come on. I'm an amateur bodybuilder in my spare time. I love it. I love it. See, I'm, I'm usually the one going straight for the straight for the stuff. And Jason's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. We, let's yeah, that's why my, my life reason, Jess, is with all at eight. <laughs> the biggest reason with all these people on, I get worried about our time. So I know, I, I know. Yes, sorry about that. And Kyle's bandwidth kind of threw me off a little. I'm like, oh no. I yeah, still haven't know. seen Kyle, but hi, Kyle. I know you're <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. 
I yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> but I love the glasses, Aziza. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I got them when I joined this really nice firm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, love to hear a little about the session that you're going to be doing. Um, yes. You know, the leaper that you're presenting with and uh, and kind of like, because I think that your topic around, you know, that you're focusing on is so, so important today. Yes. Uh, so I'm presenting with Lindsay. Uh, excited for that. Lindsay who? <laughs> Lindsay who? Um, Lindsay Hancock? Hathcock, yeah. Hathcock? Yeah. I was like, I never remember her, her last name. I was like, it's just, okay, H, she's just Lindsay H. Lindsay's so good. She's just Lindsay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like she's Madonna. She's one word, you know, like Madonna. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You can or pass her. that on and let her know that I, I think she's like Madonna. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so one of the, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you guys about change enablement. Uh, I'm cautious about saying enablement versus management um, mm -hmm. because that is a part of the shift um, and where we're at today. It looks different. Um, change enablement needs to be fluid, uh, but also looked at focusing on the sustainability. So that is an area that we're planning to speak to. Um, some of the areas that we're going to cover is, you know, what is a part of that foundational change enablement? Um, it doesn't just include, you know, digital transformation, but also mindset and culture shifting. And while I've been here at uh, LeapGen, I feel that's an area in which we come into it to really help you guys carry that conversation and carry that into the decisions and the strategy that you're making for your design. So the strategy is what we want to look at, not just, you know, what's that document that says or your roadmap um, of where we're going to go, but also knowing your people, knowing how to drive those behaviors that you want them to accomplish, and then really bringing that all of that to life so that you can get those people prepared, um, have those conversations. And it's less about, we've got these deliverables that we're going to give you, but really this is what our engagement is. This is how it's impacting you. And how are we gonna get you prepared? Uh, that last area that I talked about, the sustainment, um, I think it's really important for us to start framing our conversations at the beginning of what does that sustainment and success look like. Um, it's not just about, again, the data, but what is it that we want to determine next for our organization? Did we do it right? Um, a lot of times you go through these uh, implementations and you're like, probably didn't make the best decisions here, but what is it that we can do to adjust that and continue to evolve it? So it is a very much of a continuous loop that we're looking to help you guys understand, but also have that conversation around um, how do we start to shift it and get everyone focused? One of the things I think that's so interesting about that whole conversation is, you know, there's so much change happening today. And we talk about employee experience and the concept of an experience. How do you keep up with it? And how do you actually till the soil, you know, for an organization to, to be able to accept the change and the expectations, the expectations of that change? Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love to hear. You, is that something? Yeah. Something so for me, it's like, it's planned that you're going to have the future conversation. So don't just say, hey, we're going to talk about, you know, future innovation and things like that. But literally scheduling that meeting three months, six months, nine months and one year to say, we did this. We had this investment. We made these changes for our workforce. What did that really look like? Did we actually the, the scope that you established as part of your strategy up front? Did you meet those? Are they, were they the right goals for you to actually set for yourself? But putting those on the calendar, 
goes a long way to it just being more than a talk track of we'll worry about sustainment later. We'll figure it out post go live. Because <laughs> some of those players may change. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. How many times a day do you realize all the parallels between change work and bodybuilding? Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Probably twice a day. And, th and this is why it's twice a day <laughs> for me. I when feel like when, out, I start, when, I, when I work out, when I, I work out 4.30 to 8 o'clock in the morning. It's twice a day because Aziza works out twice a day. I do. I do. I do two a days. <laughs> so in the morning, it really is about let me focus. Let me get my plan together of like what I need to get out of today's workout. That's my strategy. I honestly, I my plan, whatever my workout regimen, it's all I'm looking at at my phone. It's like, okay, I got to focus on it. I got to get it done. Let me go through the list. In the afternoon, by the time I'm like, okay, I just have cardio. I take a step back away from my plan and I'm like, okay, so today we were focused on lifting a little bit heavier, fixing my form. So I stopped looking at the plan, but really look at the impact of the work that I did. And so now that I'm doing my cardio, I can think about the rest of my week, messaging my coach and my nutritionist to be like, hey, this was good. I was successful. Or, hey, I kind of fell short. Any suggestions? That's the sustainment for me of how I can sort of carry out the rest of my week. Awesome. I love that. I think that should be your new keynote material. <laughs> um, considering Lindsay's a CrossFitter, you've got two athletes presenting. I mean, are there you like there's no some... mistake that the two like two like hype super athletes in our organization are change experts? I like I, I got to double click on that later. I see we have a new Leah on the call. <laughs> Leah, I well, know. In my typical unscripted <laughs> way, I invited someone onto the call. And you accepted. Um, and I accepted. <laughs> I asked for permission. And by the way, she actually texted me already, which I love, um, which is great. But you know what? I just wanted to I wanted to talk about something really quick because Leah, you you put a question in here, and it, it's so important. You know, and I, you might not have thought of it as important, but when I saw it, I was like, OMG, or or we talk about OSMs. O S moments. Um, I didn't want to get tagged with explicit again, but you wrote something that was so important and it's so important to change in communications. You said, I registered over a week ago, but I haven't heard back. Mm. I was just curious if that's normal or if I missed something. And I loved when you said that and hated it at the same time, because it reminded me that we're not providing a great experience. Like the fact that you registered and haven't heard anything back you know, shame on us because, you know, what does that do? It makes you wonder, right? It makes you wonder, did it work? It makes you wonder, hey, did I do it right? It makes you wonder, am I in, am I not in, et cetera, et cetera. And that's one of the biggest things about change. So like I asked you to come on really quick because I, I, experience is all about feeling, right? And because you didn't know, it made you feel like, hmm, I wonder if I did that right, or I wonder if I matter. Can you talk to that just real quick? Totally unscripted, by the way. Introduce yourself. Where, experience. Introduce yourself and where you're from, and like what would not. I mean, of course, just a little tiny communication would help you, but like that's a huge learning, and how it's so important. We think about how do we design for you, not design for us, because that's mea culpa on us. Yeah, and don't feel bad at all. 
honestly. I mean, we all have um, to so, learn and get better at this. So thank you for calling it out. So my my name is Leah Joyner, and I recently got laid off about two and a half months ago from a tech company, and I'm doing my own consulting. Uh, we're all in the same business, so I'm, I'm doing HR technology consulting, um, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've been in the HR tech, you know, the live session that you go to Vegas. Um, so this is the first time that I'm doing this uh, this one virtually. So I, I didn't know how it goes. I did my application and you mentioned it during this meeting last week. So I was like, well, do I need to click this link? So I didn't click the link because I had already done it. Uh, but today, just now, actually, I did click the link and they do have my information. Oh, it looks like you've already you've already done this. So that's why that's what led me to asking that question. Yeah, and I love that you did because what it means is that from an experience standpoint, it may not be quite clear enough. And one of the things that's so fascinating, Leah, about that is like, and back to Aziza's point, is this is why a lot of technology implementations fail or a lot of people say, oh, the technology is not good. You know, and it's not the tech, it's just little tiny communications or just little tiny design to mm. say, how do I make Leah feel good? Mm -hmm. as a consumer, not how do I make me feel good as someone who's putting on an event, not me personally, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it is I'm trying to, to put out there. So yeah, the I, user experience, right? Exactly. Or yeah. you're not a user, you're a human, a human experience. Right. Right. The human what experience. I like to, what I like to, you know, like, I'd love people to call it that, that concept of human experience versus user experience. Yeah. Maybe, so, okay. So what would make it better? A little a little email, hey, we got your stuff. Um, we'll get back to you. Yes, totally. Yeah. And that's so, so helpful. So sorry, I didn't mean to make a, I didn't oh, mean no to bring you on uh, ad hoc, but it's such a great learning for everyone. That's, and, and, and like, why would you even ask the question? Because that's your expectation, right? And that's our employees' expectations mm -hmm. is, hey, we expect that if I change my address, I don't just click okay and then hope that something happens, right? I should get communication that makes me feel like I'm engaged in a process and engaged in that journey and it's driving an outcome for whatever it is I'm trying to achieve. So Leah, thank you so much for coming on. I can't How wait nice to see to you. Meet you. Yes, nice and I can't wait to see you at Fuel. Good luck with your business. Put the link in the chat again if you if you don't have it there already. Okay, thank Thanks you. For coming on. Thank you. Thanks, so Ziza, sorry about that, but I wanted to, that's a great example of change, right? And and how do you make sure that you're designing for that that human, not just designing for what we think works as a system? Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Aziza. Can't wait for your session. Me too. <laughs> you want to stay on camera and just sit there with those glasses and, or, or you, I turn you I off? I don't know if you guys want to see me drink the rest of this water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Aziza, on our morning call this morning, you told me that you have to drink how much water every day? Um, a gallon and a half to two gallons. Yeah. A day. I aspire. I don't think <laughs> those Fresca counts. <laughs> yeah, and my response, well, I won't even share what my response was, but uh, we'll move on. Aziza, thanks for coming on. Thanks, See you in the next week at Fuel. Bye-bye. Have a good Friday.
Jason, I have a feeling that your response was about bodily functions. <laughs> <laughs> my response was, oh my gosh, I'd be going to the bathroom all the time. That's all I said. Um, so Alex, go. oh, Jess, go ahead. Ask Alex that trillion dollar question. Other than work, what other topic can you answer a lot of questions about? <sighs> In general, it could be tea. Dinner. It could be... <laughs> You know, I have to say most recently, I've just been feeling like I don't know anything. Um, this meetup has followed me becoming a mom. And whew, I have to say, like, right now, I know that I know nothing about parenting. <laughs> I'm learning a lot every day. Um, and so if you were to ask me about, let's say, cats, I could absolutely talk about cats for quite some time. One of our leapers, we do a, a secret leaper thing. Um, and someone bought me a, like a, the full calendar of cat facts. And after 365 days of cat facts, I know a lot. <laughs> you know a lot. That's, oh, what, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Other than HR tech. Oh, not very Absolutely not. So well, that's awesome. okay. Nobody, if, if there is anybody who's an expert at parenthood, you could raise your hand right now. I bet you like <laughs> the book. Teens, I'll take any expertise on teens that come my way. I love Lisa says she's an expert on the show, Supernatural. All right, I'll have to check it out. Leah, again, thank you for joining us and being on. Hey, um, just real quick before we jump into the topic, Alex, you may want to chat with Aziza. She and I on our morning connect, uh, morning leap this morning, uh, we did talk about her dog coming back with something in its mouth after doing a little hunting. So uh, it wasn't a cat, but it was yeah. something else. So you may want to, uh, you may want to keep your cat away from Aziza's dog, um, was what I've noticed. I adopted uh, two feral cats. I don't know if you guys know this. So the cats that live in my home, um, they are, they will, they will beat a dog in a fight. Like they wow. will win. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see your dog, your cats with Aziza's dog. I don't want to see any of that. Aziza has a very large dog, too. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, Alex, introduce yourself. You've been on before. You've even, you've even taken our role before. and done. I was going to say, I, I think most of this group knows me, but um, I'm obviously a client partner at LeapGen, um, and it's just really great to, to get to chat with this group again. Um, I enjoy these conversations so much. So, Alex, I... Uh, uh, you know, I saw in our private, in our Slack channel, you said you loved our conversation about layoffs. So I think, I don't want to talk about that yet, but let's jump into your content and then let's end. I don't want to end on a bad topic, but let's end about layoffs and yeah. what organizations are doing. You know, we, we saw Alphabet do another announcement this morning of layoffs. So let's end. I have so much to say about that. <laughs> but let's jump but into first year fuel session because I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I am too. And speaking of, of leapers and how much fun we have, um, I don't know who decided this year who was getting to speak, but someone decided that I get to speak with what most people would call like my work husband. I refer to him as my work brother, um, but I get to present with Ryan Malkus and I have more fun with Ryan than I do with most of my friends um, that I spend time with on a daily basis. And so Ryan and I get a whole 45 minutes just to riff off of each other. No, we have a planned conversation. Um, what we want to talk about is something that we actually, Ryan and I came up with um, along with some of our other LeapGen partners almost five years ago. And it's this it's based on this idea that we used to come into clients and they'd say things like, I want to create a great experience. Show me the tech architecture that I need to do that. 
and we'd look at this tech diagram and these complicated boxes and these integration lines and and we'd say well this doesn't actually depict the experience that your your people have as they navigate through your systems for information services and support and so we came up with this concept called the workforce experience architecture and anyone who's worked with us has absolutely seen it it's foundational to all of our work now and the point is is that we map things not from how the data flows or the the connections in your systems but how does an employee navigate through that? And how did they find the things they need repeatedly, consistently, make sure they have everything they need all the time? And that's really what a good experience is, put simply. And so what we wanna do is share more about what that experience architecture is, why we think every client or every customer, or everyone in the world in our HR tech space, if you maintain an HR tech architecture, you should maintain your experience architecture map also and how important that is and then how you use it, right? How does it help you get investment? How does it help you know where to, to fix things and how do you design for that? And so we're gonna use, we're gonna make the most of our 45 minutes and hopefully limit Ryan's dad jokes so that we can get into the content and. Ideally, we'll, we'll teach a little bit about how to do it. And coming out of there, the folks who attend will get a template so that they can go back and actually work through. It's more like a workbook, work through their experience architecture in their organization. This is what I love about this event. We're consultants and we tell, we tell every single organization that your challenges, we understand your challenges are unique to you. Your workforce is unique, has its own complexities. Like we get that there's uniqueness everywhere, not that every organization is a complete snowflake. Some problems and challenges are common to many or common to all. But the whole point of this event is that there are frameworks. There are ways of thinking. This is our like, you know, instead of consulting one-to-one -one bespoke everything, this is consulting one-to-many. This is giving you framework, methodologies, concepts that you can take forward and apply in your own organizations. This is like this is like the best consulting you can get all year and all you have to do is show up. I I just I love these topics, honestly. So Alex, when you think about that concept of experience architecture, you know, it's been done so much in our consumer lives, right? Like, hey, if I go online to shop for something or if I go online to book an Uber or, you know, pick whatever it is. You know, but we haven't done it in the world of work enough. Um, and, you know, I'd love, you know, and I, I think there's this weird thing that um, big companies think they're the only ones. Each one is the only one that doesn't have a good employee experience and makes employees sign in a couple of times or keep things too secure or things like that. And I'd love for you just to share just you know a minute or two on kind of I think everyone's almost in the same place, maybe a, a little bit further, some are a little further ahead than others, but for the most part, like that's what we're all spending time working on now, right? Is that. Yeah, and you know, Jason, it's funny, every experience architecture diagram we do with clients is different but when you actually look at them, the problems are the same, right? I'm going to multiple places to find information that should be in, stored in one consistent place. I go, you know, here for this and there for that. The primary path is, you know, a roundabout approach where I pick up the phone and call someone. And it's it's because, and Aziza said it earlier, Kyle said it earlier, you know, the experience architecture isn't going to solve all of your problems. It helps you understand how to solve for them or what to solve for, but it's the how that we solve for them that's so important, right? Then you have to think about your change efforts. You have to also successfully deploy technologies, right? There's a huge lift. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, we, we coined this term, I mean, literally 
four and a half years ago. We're only four and a half years into this. Mm -hmm. And when you look at an average core HCM deployment, right, it's like 12 to 18 months to get through to that. Like we're starting to see return on our investment. And so realistically, we're all in the beginning of learning about this, right? We're developing the language that we need. We're building the concepts. Technology is catching up with us. And so at that point, I would say, if you're starting to think about this, you're on track, right? You're not early to the party, but you're not late, right? Mm -hmm. And so we just, the key is, is to continue having these conversations, to continue learning. And even if you don't have a huge budget, ask, you know, go through this mapping and then say, what's one thing I can fix, right? Maybe I consolidate two knowledge bases. Maybe I remove the phone number from our, our you know, sites and bring folks into our digital case entry. Like there's always these smaller opportunities that you can take even without large deployments. Yeah, that's so, so helpful. So I, I mean, I can't wait for that session. And I think that once again, you know, 2023 is going to be a huge year for organizations to not just talk about employee experience, but to fix or, you know, and make better, I shouldn't say fix, make better or optimize that employee experience. But one of the things that we're seeing in today's world back, and I'm going to tie this into the layoff discussion, is employee experience is more than just about someone's user interface or more than just about the technology. Employee experience is about how are people, how do they feel about working at an organization? And we've watched this massive, massive chasm of how these large organizations are dealing with layoffs. Um, and interestingly, layoffs have been going on for a long time. You know, what hasn't been going on for a long time is the peak interest of the news media to be able to hey, guess what? I just recorded a Zoom of my CEO saying X. Or guess what? I just sent a Slack or Teams message of everything that was going on during that meeting mm -hmm. to a reporter so that reporter could report on it. I mean, it makes all of us need to reframe how we think about doing workforce, I'm not going to even say reductions, changes and communication to the workforce because it's going to get out. It's no longer something that just internal and a lot of those people that are affected are our customers so you know i'd love your thoughts about that a and then sorry just one more thing b you know jess and i earlier today were reading all about why these layoffs are happening you know and jess read something like massively stupid to me that she was reading online um what it was like complete bs like <laughs> And both of us started laughing about it. And I talked about how this concept of, hey, if I need help with something, what do I do? Open a rack and hire a full-time person. You know, but I, only might, I might only need them for four hours a week. But in, in that whole frothy world we've been living, we've just been hiring a full-time person. And then guess what happens? When situations like this, we get rid of them. So this is all about decomposition of job and how we communicate that and focus on skills as well, which I realized is very broad. So I'm just going to let you riff on those two things for a second. You know, J Jason, this is, and I actually don't know if you know this, um, but so when I got my master's from NYU, um, I wrote a 70 page research paper actually on the study of layoffs. Um, I am dating myself to not being older, but being, um, well, regardless, being the age that I am, I, I came of age literally in the middle of the, the recession. I graduated high school and went to college and entered the workforce in the middle of the recession. My first job, like my first real job was at Time Inc, 
where we laid off, I mean, close to, I think, 1,500 people in two years. I worked for the fifth, sixth, and seventh CEOs in seven years, just to put that in perspective. And the very first time, I know how to code in PeopleSoft because I built our, for those of you in New York State, I had to learn how to build our WARN calculations so that we could lay off the maximum amount of 250 people every 90 days to never have to pay WARN regulations. So all of that and watching everyone I know really be rocked by the impacts of layoffs and the recession, I, it caused me to ask, is there an alternative? And so I read a statistic, and I, I know I've shared this before. Um, I read a statistic early in my master's program that said that if you're laid off from your job, you're 35% less likely to volunteer in your community. Wow. So imagine the multitude of, of those impacts. So Jess, if you were laid off, do you encourage your daughters to go on and take on risky careers, or do you point them in a safer direction? Mm -hmm. If your spouse wants to take change careers or change jobs, do <laughs> I did not have chat RPT. I did get shingles Jesse, from writing that research paper and the stress from it. But regardless of that, the whole point is, is that we don't think about the ripple effects of layoffs. I, I, maybe we do, but I believe that corporate leadership isn't considering the impacts on individuals, their families, their environments, their impact on the community when we think about layoffs. And I mean, the data in the last couple of months alone, like we've seen close to 50,000 people laid off. When you think about the ripple effects and do they go out into the world and take risks and do exciting things and donate to charities and volunteers, do all of those people retreat? Do they pull in? Do they ask, am I good enough? Do they question it? And so what we have the responsibility for is to explore the alternatives. And that's literally what I wrote this research paper on is what are alternatives? How have businesses succeeded in adjusting and changing their business to your point, Jason, but without these type of reductions, even facing the same headwinds? And it's possible. I was literally chatting with a good friend this morning at Google and I, I texted her the minute I woke up and I said, are you safe? Do you know? She has a, a six week old baby. And she said, we got the email that we're safe, but I cannot believe that this is happening at Google. Mm. And I responded with, it feels like it's negligence. Like at times it feels like it's negligence when you've let your business grow so much that you have 12,000 extra people. Mm -hmm. It feels like negligence. And so what we would always ask is what needs to change? What needs to change in how we run our business, how we look at our people, how we think about our future? Because I firmly believe that this should not even be an acceptable path going forward. Clearly not passionate about this at all. I love your comment, Christy. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, everybody read that comment. Yes, the way we think about people and jobs is too binary. The, what Jason described about opening a job requisition for an FTE is too binary. The way people, we, the way we match talent to jobs, and if you're not matched to that one job opening, you're rejected out of the system. Like the like, there's so many things that are broken with the way we think about all the ways work can get done, including the fact that we're automating a lot of things about work. So does that job need to be performed by a human or does it need to be performed by a human with an assistant, a virtual, you know, a job assistant? That's AI, that's technology, that's machine learning, that's so many different things. And so, yes, a lot of things about our the way we think about how can work get done? What are all the creative ways it can get done? Who can possibly do it? And how can we harvest those skills? What needs to be automated? That helps us advance our thinking uh, around this. And that, you know, then we can start avoiding some of these un unnecessary headlines. 
And I really think, I really think that just like, you know, we talk about the now of work and the whole concept of remote work that started to change. I really think that 2023, this round of layoffs will change the way organizations think about jobs, think about hiring, think about skills going forward. I really think this will be the impetus. And I think it's um, sad that it has to happen that way, but you know, everything happens towards building something better in the long run. Alex, go ahead. Yeah, Jason, the, there's data that shows that it takes between five and 10 years for the reputations of these companies to recover, to be able to rehire. And so the fact that no one learned from the lessons of March of 2020, where we laid off everyone and all of a sudden there was no one to hire back and they still couldn't find good talent. And it took you know an arm and a leg to get to where they are now. I think that we will see that change and it will be because the workforce and the labor market demands it. They'll demand compassion. They'll demand purpose. They'll demand, you know, careers, not just jobs at every type of, of level in every organization. And I personally am so glad. Yeah, I completely agree. I know we're almost out of time, Jess, as always, this goes crazy fast, but mm -hmm. I just want to take a second to do two things. So first of all, we'll make sure everyone registers for fuel, I guess, three things. Second of all, make sure that you, this is going to sound really weird, but thank an HR person that's dealing with this. Because for every, I mean, Jess said 55,000, it's a lot more than that. That's just what yeah. the media covers. Um, think about every one of those and the personal impact that has on not only the person being laid off, but the person having to have those conversations. That is massive. It's a massive strain on the HR function and the HR job today. So I would be a, reach out to an HR person, but also be empathetic towards them as well. You know, and then the third thing, and it's been mentioned in the chat a few times, people have to make up for those people's jobs. Uh, and, we're, and organizations aren't thinking about that enough as well. So like every time there's a layoff happens, I mean, we all say, oh, thank goodness it didn't happen to me, you know, which good. But at the same time, let's not forget about who the person is doing the layoff, the managers and the HR people, how hard it is, and the people that are left in the organization and what kind of experience we want to provide for them going forward. So Alex, happy Friday. Thanks for joining. Thank Jeff. you for having me. Any closing? Neil calls you a gift, Alex. So accurate. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I mean, just as a former recruiter, when people get, we're, we're talking about shifting the skills conversation. Don't forget when you're the talent, when you're the person with the skills, start shifting your language around that as well. Talk about what you can do, what you like to do, what you want to do, not just the job titles that you feel boxed into, that you've held before, that you're searching for in your job search. That's a confidence builder for you. <laughs> it might be a little exercise for you. Ask your friends, ask your professional colleagues to help you, but talk about yourself in terms of those power business skills to help shift that conversation. I'm happy to help you do it as well. Uh, but yeah, great, great topic. So great conversation, everyone. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week.